Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pigskin Pundits on this Wednesday, February 1st, 2017, Super Bowl 51 Midnight Edition on Blog Talk Radio. I am Mark Ferraro, pleased to be joined, as always, by my good buddy, Thomas Murphy, the Murph Dog himself. What's up, man? The big game is finally upon us. Oh, yes, 17 weeks and three weeks of playoffs, and here we are. And, uh, you know, this could be a, this could be a matchup for the ages, two high-fired uh, offenses going up against each other. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, think we're in for a good show this Sunday. Super Bowl 51 in Houston, Texas, Sunday, February 5th at 6.30. We all know the details. Patriots against the Falcons. By the way, Atlanta is the home team in this game. So, Tom, let's first backtrack and talk about the Patriots' victory over Pittsburgh, 36-17. to Tom Brady, once again, Mr. Murphy, does it against that Steelers secondary, which had no chance. And once again, Brady and Belichick are back in the Super Bowl for the seventh time in the last 15 years. Say what you want about them, Tom, but that's pretty impressive, and that's not too bad to be in the seventh Super Bowl in the last 15 years. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's almost a 50% percentage, which uh, mm-hmm. not many franchises can say uh, in any sport. And, uh, yeah, to quote our good friend uh, Pedro Martinez, you know, we can talk all the uh, mess we want about the New England Patriots, but eventually you're going to just have to bow down and call in your daddy. It's they, uh, not only that, they seem to make the AFC championship almost every year in those 15 years, you know? So yeah, they're doing something right. And yeah, it's looking like uh, Tom Brady has a good chance to become the first quarterback to win five Super Bowls, And yeah, not much, not much more praise you can give than that. No, absolutely not, Tom. And you mentioned that that's the key for Brady. That's what his eyes are on because, like you said, if he wins this game against the Falcons, make it five Super Bowls out of seven. For you Giants fans out there, we know how he got those two losses. So this is a big game for Brady in terms of taking that next step. Now, people might put him over Montana anyway, but to give him that fifth one, which would be pretty sweet for his career if he can get it on Sunday. And that's the same goes for Bill Belichick, to get a fifth Super Bowl as a head coach, Tom, not too bad at all. But, Tom, again, it was not surprising to see them succeed against Pittsburgh's defense because Brady has done it throughout his entire career. And, Tom, every time he was completing passes, these wide receivers were wide open on the field. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, Edelman and, of course, we're going to get to uh, the big star of the wide receiving court, the former Buffalo Bill, Chris Hogan. My gosh, he was uh, when he was uh, when he first started with the Bills, and nobody knew who he was. His nickname was Seven Eleven because he was always open. And mm-hmm. yes, he definitely proved that uh, in the AFC Championship. And oh, believe me, Bills blogs were blowing up all over the place mm-hmm. when uh, he had 180 yards this uh, past game. Because of course, the Bills fans are just, "How do we let this guy go?" But he never had a 180-yard game for the Bills, you know. It's a little different when you have Tom Brady, uh, you know, finding you open all the time. 
Yeah, Tom, and you know what? It was funny because when they were talking about Chris Hogan and basically his background and where he came from, I had no idea that this guy played college lacrosse at Penn State for three years and only played football in college for one year when he went to Monmouth, and he was also a cornerback uh, when he played for the Hawks. So that was pretty pretty impress- um, impressive resume for Chris Hogan. But like you said, Tom, 180 yards, two touchdowns, nine catches, 12 targets. He had the same exact stat line as the other receiver that we're going to get to, Tom, on the Falcons, Julio Jones, the same exact numbers on Championship Sunday. Wow, yeah, I did not even make that connection. But that is, uh, yeah, that is definitely a wide receiver matchup to uh, look at. Uh, Of course, ordinarily you look, uh, yeah, the wide receiver matchup, Hogan versus Julio Jones. Julio Jones is going to win that every time. It's uh, because Julio Jones tends to make plays out of nothing where Hogan definitely had the advantage of uh, being wide open so often. And, uh, yeah, but that is definitely – Definitely an interesting wide receiver matchup coming up, to say the least. Yeah, Tom, and you know what? I'm going to mention this right now because we're on the subject of Chris Hogan, and I think he's an X-factor in this game on Super Bowl Sunday because we know Julian Edelman, Brady will find him. He's going to have his success. But can Chris Hogan somewhat duplicate what he did against Pittsburgh? Now, I don't see him having 180 receiving yards, but, Tom, I can definitely see him getting close to 100 on Sunday against the Falcons. Oh, I definitely could, too. I mean, they're, uh, both him and Edelman are pretty, uh, they're, you know, despite their size and, you know, their speed, they're a little different. I mean, Edelman is definitely kind of the dinker. You know, you, uh, you know, you dish it off to him and he makes something. But Hogan is definitely more of, like, the long threat. So it depends on how, like, those safeties are able to uh, – you know, lock down, lock that down, and you know the Falcons have a stronger secondary than uh, the Steelers. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. But one thing we know about Tom Brady is that out of any quarterback I've seen in my 37 years on this planet, granted I've only been watching football maybe for 30 of them, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback like Tom Brady who. Uh, never leaves a wide receiver open. You never see a – you see it all. You saw it uh, in the divisional game with the Chiefs saying, like, oh, this wide receiver was wide open. You don't see that with the Patriots because Brady finds that receiver. Oh, he does all the time. No doubt about it. doesn't matter who it is. We have seen over the years Tom Brady make all these guys, these no-names in a sense, have great success and big-time numbers and big-time games. And we saw it with Chris Hogan, and we can't always forget time when we go back to someone like Deion Branch, who was the MVP in that Super Bowl when the Patriots beat the Eagles. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then Deion Branch went to another team, and uh, you know, surprisingly, did not have the same success that he did. You know, when uh, when he left them, he went he went to the Seahawks, I believe. And granted, yes. they didn't have Russell Wilson at the time, but uh, yeah. It's definitely a uh, you. You definitely see a history of uh, wide receivers, with the exception of Randy Moss, of course. I mean, he was something special. But a lot of receivers leaving the uh, Patriots and uh, I.E. Wes Welker uh, going to another team, All right, yeah. not having this, and just not having the same success when uh, they they leave the uh, throwing arm of Tom Brady. 
Now, Tom, before we get to the Falcons, I got to bring up the Steelers and their performance against the Patriots because, Tom, everything did not go right for them. Don't want to make excuses, but it all started Sunday morning when the fire alarm went out in their hotel at 3 a.m. Never a good sign. Then you had the missed extra point by Chris Boswell. Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. But, Tom, out of all that, would change the game, and not to say I think they would have won anyway, but the the sequence at the two-minute warning when initially when Jesse James went into the end zone for the touchdown, referees overturned it, they reviewed it, no good, ball at the one-yard line, and of course, Tom, Pittsburgh cannot punch it in, so instead of putting up seven or potentially eight, because we we know Mike Tomlin likes to go for two, they had to go for a field goal. To me, that's when the game changed right there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not only are you making a huge difference in points, it's just a huge shift in momentum. You know, it's you think you're getting seven and making a closer game, and then it's just so, uh, excuse the pun, deflating when you cannot uh, punch uh-huh. it in from like a yard a yard in. And it was definitely uh, – you definitely knew at that point, even though it was still close, you just kind of knew that – that that's how this game was going to go. You just, there are just all these factors and, you know, that winner, that winners are able to uh, take advantage of and other teams are not. And the Patriots were able to take advantage of it. They, they didn't look at it like many teams would as like, Oh, okay, well, they're going to score anyway. They did everything they could and held them to a field goal. And especially like the Patriots, when you're playing a team like that, you have to capitalize every single opportunity that comes your way. So when you had that chance to punch it in, you have to do it. Not to say that it would have mattered. They probably would have lost anyway. But still, when you're at the one-yard line, and I know you didn't have Le'Veon Bell, but you still had a good veteran backup, Delangelo Williams, and when you can't punch it in, that turned the, just changed the whole complexion of that entire game. Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Blog Talk Radio, I'm Mark Ferraro, he's Thomas Murphy, and we're going through Super Bowl 51 between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. So, Tom, again, I mentioned Chris Hogan as an X-factor for the Patriots. My second X-factor for them, Tom, is pretty simple. That entire secondary against the Falcons' offense and their weapons because we're very curious to see how those guys are going to perform, whether it's Logan Ryan, Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty, or Malcolm Butler. These guys had a big test against the, page, or against the Steelers, and they succeeded. Can they do it again one more time, Tom, against this high-powered offense of the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, you know, I mean, I think they're up to the task. You know, they had to cover Antonio Brown and uh, Ben Roethlisberger's big arm. And, uh, yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, – you know, two two of those secondary guys from Rutgers, of course. I don't know how Rutgers has become this NFL breeding ground, mainly due to the Patriots. I just, uh, you know, you just never know with that. But, uh, yeah, and, I mean, Malcolm, you know, you mentioned Malcolm Butler, a guy who no one had heard of until two Super Bowls ago when he made the biggest play in one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history. And ever since then, he's been an absolute, like, uh, you know, one of one of the best corners in the NFL, like ratings wise, still doesn't make uh, Pro Bowls and still makes some few mis- like some mistakes. Not not in that upper echelon, but yeah, definitely a big playmaker. And uh, 
Yeah, I think they're I think they're up to the task, uh, you know, with uh, Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. Now let's shift Tom to the Falcons and their nice victory over the Packers, forty-one to twenty-one, the last game ever at the Georgia Dome. That's been their home since nineteen ninety-two, which was the year that I came on this planet. So, Falcons, <laughs> you just you just have to remind me how old I am. <laughs> oh no, 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 not at all, not at all. But listen, that that was something though. I, right. I did not know that the Georgia, Georgia Dome opened in '92, but Tom, pretty, uh, pretty nice though for the Falcons' last game at the Georgia Dome to win to be a red hot Aaron Rodgers. Kudos to him. Listen, the Packers went as far as they could. They they were banged up so you know all over the place. Even their wide receivers, all those guys were active. But coming into the week, there was even questions that those guys might not even suit up. So the, to me, I don't blame Rodgers at all. They came as far as they could. But Matt Ryan, Tom, Matty Ice, this guy is proven a doubter wrong like you, who over the last few years were uh, said that he was a bust. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I said when he was drafted that he was not going to uh... – really amount to much, but, you know, you should never take, you should always take all of my predictions with a bit of, with a grain of salt, you know, and I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's been like good. He's brought teams to the playoffs. He's had some uh, good statistical years, uh, but, you know, he's had some losing records. So you sometimes start to wonder like, yeah, does this guy have what it takes to be a winner? And yeah, this year he's completely shut all us, all of us up. You also have to remember where I said Matt Ryan was going to be a bust Back in uh back in two thousand one I predicted Joey Harrington was gonna be uh was gonna win a few Super Bowls in the NFL uh hmm. coming out of Oregon and yeah, uh where is Joey Harrington now? I'm sure he's having a you know, a nice uh nice life somewhere. But yeah, he didn't make it as a quarterback. So, you know, I I just don't have that eye, I guess. But uh, also not a lot of uh NFL GMs do either, so I guess I'm uh as qualified as they are. But yeah, no, Matty Ryan. Uh, I'm just going to shut up about him. I think he's, uh, yeah, yeah. I think he may be deserving of the MVP this year. And in this playoffs, man, I don't even know what to say. I thought they were going to lose to Seattle. Nope, they actually destroyed them. Thought uh, Green Bay was just going to have their way with them, and man, that turned out completely the opposite way. And uh, yeah, well, we're definitely going to see on. Uh, this Sunday, if he can actually come through and uh, you know make all of our all of us uh, anti Patriots fans' dreams come true and actually beat them. I mean, Matt Ryan, the stats against the Packers: three hundred ninety-two passing yards, five total touchdowns. Tom, after this game, whether or not they win or lose on Sunday, Matt Ryan, man, in terms of his contract for next season, the big bucks. Man, you could back up that truck because he's gonna make, he's gonna be making a lot of dough. Oh yeah, he's um yeah that, that's just a that's just a given. I mean, even if they lose forty four to nothing, which they won't, uh yeah, he's definitely um how how uh, hard quarterbacks are come are to come by in this league. Yeah, he's definitely uh he's gonna be getting that Flacco money as as I would say. Now, Tom, we talked about before. The game changed for the Steelers during that sequence when Jesse James was initially in, ruled, not a touchdown. 
and the Steelers cannot punch it in at the two-minute warning right before the half. Well, in terms of this game between the Packers and the Falcons, to me, the game changed when the fullback of the Packers, Aaron Rubkowski, fumbled when they were down 10 nothing, going in for a touchdown, and then bang, I believe the Falcons score on the next drive to go up 17 nothing in the second quarter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh... It's those moments that usually tend to make games, and it's uh, you know they punch it in. It's a totally different game, but uh, you know I always talk about in every single game there's a momentum shift, and there's always just that moment. I mean, no matter how much of a professional you are, it's just those things happen, and it's just oh, it's so hard to go onto the field after you're thinking uh, one result is going to happen, and then you have to come out and try and prevent another result from happening. And listen, hey, when you're talking about the Falcons, Tom, and we mentioned X-Factors, we talked about the Patriots, Chris Hogan, that's secondary. Well, for the Falcons, when you look at their offense, okay, the guy that I'm going to watch, because listen, I had this guy on my fantasy team for a few weeks, and he did pretty well, the speedster, Taylor Gabriel. During the regular season, Tom, this guy averaged 16.5 yards per catch. He was very quiet in that game against the Packers. Only had two catches for 24 yards. So the Patriots, Belichick, of course, their game plan, double-team Julio Jones, make that guy not beat you, which, of course, you have to do. But, Tom, they cannot underestimate the play of Mr. Gabriel. Oh, absolutely not. You know, he's a guy we uh, – he reminds me a lot of another guy we have mentioned many times on the show, uh, Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs. And he's definitely a guy, uh, you know, uh, any defensive coordinator needs to take account for, especially with what he can do with those little dink passes. You know, he can throw just a couple yards and he can just make things happen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he can, you know, if they're able to shut him down, that's going to absolutely make some problems for the uh, Falcons offense there. And not to say this is really going out of a limb here, but, and you mentioned this to me, Tom, a couple of days earlier via text. Vic Beasley does not have a Von Miller-type performance against Tom Brady. He's going to exploit them all over the field because Vic Beasley, they have to get some sort of pass rush. If they don't, Tom, like you said, they're going to be in big, big trouble. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I've said this for – you know, uh, at least the past couple of years. If there is one, th- I mean, the Patriots are great at many things. If there is one thing uh, that they are the best at than anybody else, especially on offense, it is exploiting the uh, biggest weakness of any uh, defense that they play. We saw it last year in the divisional game against the Chiefs. Uh, they ran the same play about 15, oh my God, I might be lowballing it where they just dinked it to Edelman and he just went and that won the game for them. They knew uh, they were playing a great coach in Andy Reid and they just found that one weakness and they just exploited it. And this defense uh, of the Falcons that has made huge strides this year, I won't even lie. I mean, you mentioned Vic Beasley. There's also the rookie Deion Jones from LSU who has made a huge splash this uh, postseason. And, uh, I guarantee you, uh, Matt Patricia definitely has a game plan to try and lock down uh, Vic Beasley. 
and hopefully somebody else is going to be able to pick it up, but maybe if Vic Beasley can have a Vaughn Miller-type game, because we all know the one weakness to Tom Brady is getting to him. He is not uh, as poised as he is. If you get to him, you are going to rattle him. That is his one weakness, and I, Dan Quinn probably knows it, and that may be the actual uh, it's anybody's ball game. Well, hey, Tom, we saw that very well in the first round when the Patriots played the Texans, especially in the first half. Those boys, Jadavian Clowney, they were getting after Brady in that first half. Oh, absolutely. And I think the Texans may have had a good chance. I mean, oh, my God, could you imagine if J.J. Watt was in that game and and Brady had to take uh, Clowney and Watt from either side? Oh, my gosh. It doesn't matter who was that quarterback. I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe Brock Osweiler would have still found a way to mess it up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, uh, yeah. And and for a while, I mean, I thought that game was going to be a total blowout. But the Texans were able to stay in it because the defense was able to get to them. They were able to get some picks, and yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Brady doesn't have that shape like that just shake it off uh, mentality. When he gets hit, it's, uh, if he starts getting hit early, it's going to be a different game than maybe either of us predict. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned obviously someone like Vic Beasley, Deion Jones. How about a guy who could maybe potentially turn back the clock for one game, a player, a defensive player, I should say, who had some experience playing against Tom Brady a bunch of times in the AFC, how about Dwight having an impact on Sunday? You never know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I keep forgetting he's in the league. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely had a huge career. And uh, I keep forgetting that he's still in the NFL, like, because of his age. But, yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, he does. He definitely doesn't have the same presence that James Harrison, somebody in that same age range has. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, maybe he can pick up uh, – you know, if uh, Beasley and Jones are able to make some noise, maybe Freeney can come in there and uh, really make a difference. Now, of course, we're going to prolong our pick just a little longer because every year Tom and I love to do a little more extra when it comes to the Super Bowl, and I'm talking about prop bets. Of course, it's that time of year when you look at over 400 lists of different options you can bet on for the Super Bowl. So, Tom, let's have some fun here. Let's kick it off with the national anthem. will be sung by a country singer, Luke Bryan, my boy. And one of the props. Oh, yes, you, love, you, definitely... love, you, love that. you love those country singers. So. Oh, I do, man. Hey, listen, every year going to the shows in the summertime, nothing better with the tailgating, the hot weather. Oh, yeah, it's, it's one of the best scenes in the summertime. No and, question and, about and it. The hot I, wi- and the hot women. Let's not forget the hot I, women. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't. That's right. I, Tom, you stole the words right, uh, right out of my mouth. I couldn't forget about that. Of course, the gorgeous women who come to these shows every single summer. And by the way, I saw those country shows I ever went to is coming back to Connecticut this summer. Oh, nice. Yeah, I wish I was into country music because I would like to uh, meet a lot of those country girls. But, you know, I, I like the classic rock, like the uh, Led Zeppelin and all the women who go to those shows. I mean, uh, as lovely as they are, they're not, you know, they're they're a little more my dad's age. But, hey, that's, uh, you know, whatever works. 
Now, I'm telling you, man, if you come to one country concert with me, you'll get hooked. You might not like the music, but in terms of the, the whole experience, the atmosphere when you go, man, it's truly something that everyone has to witness at least one time. So Luke Bryan is doing National Anthem, and usually we talk about the time of National Anthem, you know, 2 minutes, 2.15, 2.30. Well, in this case, it's what Luke Bryan will actually wear, and the option is either blue jeans or any other pants or shorts. Listen, Luke Bryan's a country boy, okay? There is no way that he's not going to wear blue jeans on Sunday when he's singing the national anthem in Houston, Texas. Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess blue jeans and a very, a very American T-shirt. Uh, or or a button-down shirt. That's my absolute guess. Blue jeans, yeah, I bet the farm on that. I also bet oh, yeah, that he's definitely. probably blue, going blue to. Blue definite. Oh, yeah, and he's probably uh, probably the time of the national anthem. I will, I will put the farm, uh, my entire savings, that his uh, national anthem will probably be shorter than Aretha Franklin's at the uh, Detroit-Minnesota uh, huh. game at Thanksgiving. Oh, my God, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, oh, of course. Absolutely. I don't think that's an absolutely. option, but if it is, yeah, I'll bet the farm on that. Now, this one's pretty interesting. This comes up every year at the Super Bowl. Which head coach will be mentioned first on the broadcast, Dan Quinn and Bill Belichick? Well, I'm going to go with Dan Quinn, and here's my reason, because I think Joe Buck is going to mention how Dan Quinn – was the defensive coordinator when the Patriots played the Seahawks a few years ago in the Super Bowl. The last time when they were in it, oh. by the way. Oh, that is an, in- that is an interesting uh, theory to go, but I'm going to have to go with Belichick because who's not going to mention Belichick first? Uh, but you know what? That might be a little uh, asterisk because, uh, I mean, because of that uh, concept. And when I'm watching, I will definitely be uh, – be looking at it because I guarantee you when the coin toss is flipped, they'll be like, well, it looks like Belichick lost slash won that one. But <laughs> Hey, you know what? When it comes to these prop bets, Tom, the best strategy would be to get a pen and paper, okay, and just take notes of everything because when you look at these lists, Tom, it's pretty incredible how anything, you could think of anything you can bet on, whether it's the coin toss, or who will score first, which, by the way, is what we're going to do now in terms of what the scoring play will be. Will it be a touchdown, a field goal, or a safety? And, Tom, this might not be as easy as people think because in recent years, there's actually been a safety, which has been the first point of the game in two recent Super Bowls. One of them involved the Patriots when they played the Giants back in Super Bowl 46 when Tom Brady intentional grounding in his end zone Two nothing Giants, and then we all know back in Super Bowl Forty Eight at MetLife, first play of the game, bad snap, the exchange from Manny Ramirez to Peyton Manning, two nothing Seattle. So it's actually been a couple of times, time where the first play, scoring play, I should say, has been a safety. But still, that's very ballsy to go with a safety. So I'm going to go with a field goal for the Patriots will be the first score of the game. Okay, that is very. Uh... Yeah, that's very safe. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, like, the safeties uh, because, yeah, of course, there have been two in this uh, decade alone. Uh, but, you know, safeties aren't so rare. You know, uh, I can think of some safeties. Uh, Bruce Smith, uh, I mean, before you were born, you were talking about 1992. But I definitely <laughs> remember January of 1991, 
when the Bills played the Giants. And actually, the uh, at the time, it seemed like a good play, but it was actually a game changer for the Giants, where Bruce Smith came in and was just about to murder Jeff Hostetler in the end zone. And Jeff Hostetler, if you look back at this play, you will see about the best protection of a ball ever. Bruce Smith came in and rocked Jeff Hostetler, and he put the ball right to his side and fell on it for a safety. And obviously, as we know, the Bills lost that game by one point. And if he had fumbled, it would have made a completely different game. And then let's not forget uh, Super Bowl twenty back in uh, 1986, where the Chicago Bears, they didn't get it on the first play of the game, but the Chicago Bears ended up getting two safeties in that game. How often do two safeties ever happen in any NFL game uh, where the Bears ended up winning that by more than four points? They won 46-10. to 10. But, uh, yeah, that infamous 1985 Chicago Bears defense had two safeties in that game, just adding to their legend. And uh, uh, to, for uh, your point, I'm going to say that the uh, first points of the game are a uh, is a touchdown by the Patriots. Yeah, Tom, wasn't there a safety in last year's Super Bowl with the Panthers and the Broncos? I, you know what? I think there may have been uh, late in the game. I wish I. Yeah, I think the, there was a safety. I think was, there was. And I'm sure Von Miller and or DeMarcus Ware were responsible. Actually, I think it was probably Von Miller. Let's see. I'm going to pull. Okay. Uh, actually, no, there was not. I thought yeah, I thought there was a safety, but the ball was recovered in the end zone for a touchdown by Malik Jackson. So, no safety. That is right. But it was a fumble. That's right. Yep. Yes, Sorry, talk about a guy talk, for a second. Talk about a guy. Talk about a guy, Tom, one second. Malik Jackson who got paid a lot of money this year by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was the multi-million dollar uh, recovery of the uh, touchdown. Because uh, um, I know no disrespect to Malik Jackson, but did you hear his name much this year in Jacksonville? Uh, no, I did not. No, it doesn't mean he didn't do much, but Jacksonville was definitely not on the radar of many. But you know what? It got him a lot of money. So, hey, congratulations, Malik Jackson. And, you had a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and uh, now you're a Jaguar. All right, here we go, Tom. I know the one thing you're going to keep a close, close eye on is the halftime show by Lady Gaga. Her first song, what will it be? Now, for people listening to our program right now, it's 1230 on February 1st. you got some options if you're not familiar with Lady Gaga's music. Well, good choices here. You have Born This Way, Bad Rolling. Edge of Glory, Poker Face, and Just Dance. My answer, Big Gagger's first song will be Edge of Glory. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was definitely looking at this. I mean, yeah, you're talking about people might not be familiar with Lady Gaga's music. I'm 37 years old, but I have not been living under a rock. Even I know uh, Lady Gaga's music. I am going to have to say, I'm going to, I can guarantee you, this is like my Joe Namath guarantee. I am the, I am ah. the Joe Namath of, I am the Joe Namath of prop bets. The apps, the mm-hmm. first song she is going to play is going to be Just Dance because it's going to be one that gets like the crowd going and, you know, gets them into their groove. And I think the last song she plays will be Edge of Glory because it's one of those like sports related songs. 
And I got uh, you. Okay, I like it. I like it. Oh yeah, and also since uh, I would think a song she might play, which isn't on that list, well, because the Steelers aren't playing, and it would not. There's no need to give a note to Alejandro Villanueva, so she will not play her hit song Alejandro that we are both so fond of because there's no need to because Alejandro Villanueva will not be playing in the Super Bowl. Wow, Tom, I'm pretty impressed. You know Lady Gaga's music. Okay, all right, all right. Yes, yes. Uh, Lady Gaga and Led Zeppelin, they're, they're, they're two and the same to me. They're right there. They're right there. <laughs> all right, here we go. Now, this is a good one, Tom. Every year, Super Bowl always comes up. How many times, I'm going to do both of these for you, how many times will Giselle Bunchen be showed on TV as well as the man who, Tom, every time I see this guy dance, I can't get enough, Arthur Blank. The number for Giselle Bunchen is 1.5, over or under, and for Arthur Blank is 2. And you know what? I'm taking the over on both. Uh, you know, I am so embarrassed to say I, I don't know who Arthur Blank is. Oh, Arthur Blank, the uh, owner of the Falcons. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess, oh, my gosh, I'm so out of it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I have to go with the over on both. Yeah, I know. Uh, see, when I think of the Falcons and dancing, I still think of Dan Reeves back in uh, 1999 doing the Dirty Bird with Jamal Anderson. Hmm. So, oh, I remember uh, yeah. that, sure. No, uh, and I think I see. I never knew his name was Arthur Blake, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the over. Tom, this is a good one because you figure this game's gonna be high-powered offense, both quarterbacks, numbers galore. This is a good one. Okay, now the record for the Super Bowl, the amount of pass yards, Kurt Warner, it's set at 415 back in Super Bowl 34 when the Rams beat the Titans. Will either Tom Brady or Matt Ryan beat that Super Bowl record of 415 passing yards? Tom, you can go first, my man. Ooh, if Matt, uh, I don't think Tom Brady will break it. Matt Ryan has a chance, and uh, and if Matt Ryan breaks it, they will win the Super Bowl. But uh, no, neither neither quarterback will break it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Kurt Warner's record is safe. I don't think I – th- I think they could get close to it. I think Matt Ryan definitely could get maybe 400. But 415, I don't see it. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on because these two guys can definitely reach that number. There's no question about it. It's definitely not out of question. Now, Tom, this one, everyone oh, is going to – Oh, sorry. Can I – oh, could I interrupt for one second? Of course. Uh, yeah. I will also say – I will say no one will also break the uh, rushing record uh, in this game. If that's uh, who you may not remember is by a guy by the name of Timmy Smith back in Super Bowl 22 who broke it. It's one of those, uh, it's one of those records that's uh, of a no name who uh, Redskins and uh, Broncos in uh, 1987 broke the uh Broke the all-time rushing record, 204 yards. And that will not be broken. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Especially with these two quarterbacks, yeah, no way. Maybe if, if Ezekiel Elliott was in the game, maybe that's a different story. But in this game, oh, yeah, absolutely. that's not going to happen. Now, Tom, this is a good one. At the end of the game, if, 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 if the Patriots win, 
will Brady, Belichick, or Robert Kraft be seen shaking Goodell's hand on TV? Yes, you can bet on this. And to me, if the Patriots win, yes, as much as they're probably going to give it to him, yes, they will shake his hand. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. They're, um, yeah, they're not going to try and make some st- – as much as I know about that, maybe a, uh, maybe a team like the Raiders or uh, – trying to think of another like uh like you know quote unquote badass team that like breaks the rules patriots are pretty conservative they're gonna they're gonna play they're gonna play nice and shake the hands all right here we go time for our predictions the wait is over our last prediction of the football season mr murphy you're on the clock will the patriots and Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick make history, or will Matt Ryan win the Super Bowl for the first time in his career? You know what I want to say. You know I want to you, – and you always know I always go for the underdog. Um, but I am going to have to go with my head here, and I am going to say no. The Patriots, everything we talked about, the Patriots are going to exploit the weaknesses of the Falcons' defense, and uh, they are going to find a win way to win again. Tom Brady will win his fifth Super Bowl, and I also don't think it's going to be as close as mm-hmm. most of Brady's wins in his career. He's won all of uh, Brady's Super Bowls. He's won by a touchdown or less. He hasn't won one by more than two possessions. He will uh, He will this this Sunday. And I hope I'm wrong. And you know what? I've been wrong often this playoff series. But I have to say the Patriots are going to win 38-24. Well, Tom, before we came on the program – you reminded me that in the postseason, okay, my record is eight and two picking games. So everyone would like yep. to know which right, which two games did I get wrong? Well, I got wrong both the Falcon outcomes. I picked against them twice. I picked Seattle and I picked Green Bay. So Falcon fans who are listening to the program hope that I pick against them once again. Well I'm sorry to disappoint Falcons fans. But I'm going with you guys for the first time this postseason. The streak is over. Rise up, rise up, rise up. Give me the Falcons to get the victory. Matt Ryan and the boys in Atlanta, 34-31. Matt Ryan will be the MVP of the Super Bowl. And my bold prediction, because you know me with my bold prediction, he will throw a 73, yes, a 73-yard touchdown bass to the guy who I mentioned to be the X-Factor for the Falcons, Taylor Gabriel, Gabriel. in the third quarter. Wow. You know what? Uh, all of our Falcon fans, uh, listeners, they totally wish we did the opposite. They totally wish that I, uh, right. that I, you know, that uh, – actually, no, they're probably glad that I Patriots they probably wish you picked the Patriots too, because you sent mentioned you're eight and two. I'm five and five. I had zero games uh, right last week, um, but you know, uh, 
man, I'm rooting for you. I want, I definitely do not want the Patriots to uh, win. And uh, I like your prediction. I dig it. And if I have to say my, uh, I'm going to go out on a huge limb here and see who my Super Bowl MVP is because I didn't mention that. Uh, it's going to be Tom Brady. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It is going to be Tom Brady because unless uh, anybody else, just the way everything's going and getting his fifth Super Bowl, unless he has a game as bad as Peyton Manning did last year, he's not not winning the MVP if the Patriots win. Uh, unless LeGarrette Blunt has 100 yards on 40 carries, which is pretty much his average. Uh, he's not getting it. And I can't imagine Donta Hightower or Malcolm Brown having a huge enough defensive game to garner it. So Tom Brady is going to get his fourth Super Bowl MVP. Right. And listen, as far as the Falcons go, listen, I, I understand if they lose, who the Falcons fans will really blame. They're going to point the finger at me responsibility, Tom, because I picked against them twice, and I want them to win, and I just just did not want to disrespect them one more time, the final time this year. Well, you know, one thing working, uh, one thing actually working is that I picked the Patriots to win because I just, um, I do think they are going right. to win. I'm actually being very honest about that. Uh, but you've also, like, it's the playoffs. Do you pretty much know who's going to win? I went five for five. You went eight for two. It's like, yeah, I think they should actually take you. It's, uh, and of course, I will gladly have a losing record in the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. picking games. If, because uh, I mean, my gosh, if I see Matt Ryan from Boston College hoisting up that trophy, oh my God, I will be cheering from the rooftops till God knows when. Falcons fans have trusted me. Believe in me. Because like Tom said, my record's eight and two. So knock on wood that the boys from Atlanta will deliver you a Super Bowl victory on Sunday. But Tom, my man, as always, thanks for joining me at midnight, breaking down everything from the Super Bowl, the X factors, the prop bets, and of course our predictions. We'll definitely, definitely keep in touch about commercials. The preview, Rex Ryan on TV, by the way, on ESPN, doing some commentary. That should be interesting. Oh, I heard Tom. I heard that, Tom. I heard that, Tom. That should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Huh? Well, thanks, my man, once again. Absolutely, man. Such a fun show. And, uh, yep, let's, let's end this season in style, man. Absolutely. But I heard that about Rex. I, I heard that little dig. Oh yeah, well he's also he's also uh, said some things about my team that uh, are probably deserved and deserved back. So well, whatever. He did give some uh, he did give some props to the Jets, uh, which we'll talk about after the show. Yeah, definitely, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will. We're not done yet. Everyone, enjoy <laughs> the rest of your week, and of course, the big game on Sunday. Enjoy the parties that you're going to be at. Drink responsibly. Enjoy it. It's great. It's always a great day for everyone. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark F. Ferraro. Murphy's at Murphy TV. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your host, Mark Ferraro Radio.